Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche Podcast, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, the number one rated sportsbook app out there. For our DraftKings pick of the week, we're keeping it pretty simple, going with the hot hand here. It's been working. Gabe Landeskog to score. It's been floating around plus 200, so jump on it while it's hot. He's got that new dad strength going, working for him well right now to keep up the scoring pace. Was McKinnon potentially out of the lineup? The Avs are going to have to rely on him a little bit to keep things going as well. So it's an easy bet. Jump on the man rocket right now and get yourself some winnings over at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Other terms, restrictions, and conditions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700. I'm your host, Rudo, joined as always by the amazing A.J. Hayfley. And with the Avs entirely off today... AJ's shaking his head about something. No need for that intro. I'm just here. Nah, he's amazing. Y'all know it. Everybody knows it. Today, with no avalanche hockey to talk about, why not talk about some avalanche hockey, we figured, in the sense of prospects, because they're actually playing hockey out there. <laughs> looking, AJ and I were looking through before the show just to confirm, and it turns out, yep, every avalanche player that is playing hockey just about is having a pretty good year avalanche prospect i guess i should say yeah Uh, so it's been it's been good news on the young kid front for the most part we'll get into uh some of the key features aj where do you want to start do you want to start with uh the pros do you want to start with uh ncaa uh let's start with the ahl because it's there are guys there that normally wouldn't be and yeah it's it's weird times to say the least. There's you, you good? Looks like your mic disconnected. So AJ's having some technical difficulties, but while he gets his mic sorted out, AHL is uh is a place where some weird things are happening because of the COVID situation, because of leagues either canceling or postponing games. You have a lot of guys on AHL amateur tryout deals. It looks like you're back. What was that? Yeah, your mic just decided nah. I don't know that that's ever happened before. That was real weird. <laughs> don't know what to tell you on that one, bud. Yeah. Anyway, there's some there's some guys that we forget are there because they wouldn't normally be. I mean, they're buried now, right? Also, yeah, they. A lot of them are in this really weird situation where they're not playing every night in the AHL. I don't know. It's it's very strange outside of Shane Bowers, who is like done with the AHL, and we've had this conversation a million times. But yeah, well, and Martin Kaut's hurt still. So. Yeah, Kaut has an upper body injury. It's the Avalanche, so that's what we know. He has an yeah. upper body injury, and that's that's all we got. So Foodie, Foodie technically has a contract with the Eagles. Yeah. It's just a tryout contract. Yep. Which they only allowed this year because junior leagues were not playing. So a bunch of guys that a bunch of 18 year olds um, are got allowed to play in the AHL, but the teams didn't have to sign them to ELCs. So it was basically like a free pro look at a bunch of kids that the teams may have an interest in signing at some point. So let's, I mean, we should just start there because the Avs had three of them. 
they had more than three. Uh, they had John Luke Foodie, Luca Berzan, Sasha Mutala, and Trent Minor. Oh, uh, I forgot about Trent Minor. Goalies aren't people, so I True. forget about. I, I forget that they exist. I'm <laughs> sorry, Trent Minor, because he arguably is the most interesting of all of them. And I mean, if we want to just start there, yeah, let's. In, in five AHL games, he puts up a 908, 283 goals against for a guy who was nowhere near a contract coming into this season. And then right. you, you throw in the COVID wrench, he's put up decent numbers in a pro league as I a mean, guy that you have to consider all of a sudden. It's been, it's been really weird because this was a guy when he got drafted, I got more messages on draft night about Trent Miner than any of their other draft class. Wow. And that was the Byram New Hope draft. And I got more messages from people in the WHL who said, this guy's legit. This is a huge steal for you guys in the seventh round. He's coming on strong. We love this guy. We were, I know, I know two other teams wanted to bring him in as a as an undrafted guy. Yeah. Yeah, And bring them to their camp to give him a look and maybe just give him, you know, hey. You're ours. Yep. There was a lot of interest there is what I'm saying. And then he went out last year and he was not able to to take that number one job. Did not earn much Giants. of anything in Vancouver. And he just the, and to be honest, that whole team kind of just took yeah. a big step back. In the first half of the season, especially underperformed massively. Yeah, definitely. And I thought it, the, coming into this year, he was one of those guys. Like the abs are giving out, they're 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 going to give out a huge wave of VLCs is on the way. Yep, uh, I should say a huge wave of VLCs should be on the way. But Miner was a guy like Miner. He is a CHL kid. They have to decide in two years. Yeah, this and, is his last June twenty twenty one is when his rights are up with the Avalanche. Yeah, so so they've got to decide: is this going to be it or now? And then with the COVID world canceling the WHL, this ended up being kind of a tough spot for Trent Miner. We were like, oh, he's really going to get screwed. Yep, he's played well for the Eagles. Yeah, to the point where you're like, of anyone who's benefited the most from Pavel Francouz's injury, it might. Just be Trent Minor. Like, yeah, well, Peyton Jones got an NHL deal. That's true. But, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Trent, Trent Minor could absolutely be involved in that because this is this was this was almost like a make or break for him, right? Yep. Like, and, and there's no guarantee he still gets an ELC, but just showing up and in, in, in small sample proving that he can handle the league is a huge victory for him. If he continues to play well and he has a good finish to the season, he puts his name into the ELC conversation and boy, does that ever crowd their goaltending situation next year. Yeah. All of a sudden you have Annan and Werner and minor and now Peyton Jones, I guess as well. Yeah. And I believe, uh, I mean, um, Hunter Miska signed a two-year deal. So he'd be kicking around too, yeah. Hunter Miska, Hunter Miska's still under contract, and then Peyton Jones' ELC. Is it a one-year? It might be. Is he old enough? I forget. Yeah, I thought he was 25. Yeah, it is a one-year. So that one would 
probably fall off then. <clears throat> so that wouldn't, and Ananen would be, you know, obviously you expect Ananen to come in and, and push to start. It, for before the Eagles, the Eagles yeah. It, but, it, I mean, the combination of combination of Miska, Werner, Ananen, and then if Trent Miner gets involved in this, you know, and, okay, and now you have Trent Miner. The, the one conversation here is, the one position it's pretty okay to develop in the ECHL is goaltender. So, yeah. I mean, Philip Grubauer is in the ECHL. Yep. There's like, no, you'd, you'd probably expect minor to be the Grizzlies starter at that point. It's it, to be honest with you, it's not even rare for goaltenders to go into yeah. the ECHL and spend time there. They and usually then don't spend a ton career. of time there, but you'll see guys go down there and play a True. season. But it's, it's point point is, is that it's, <laughs> When we talk about guys getting demoted to the ECHL, it's like a death knell. And yeah. but for goaltenders, it's just not true. Yeah. The only thing about Colorado's situation is that when they promote or when they when they put a guy in the ECHL, he has to go play on international ice. Yeah. Not helping the Ananins and Werners of the world adjust to North American play. Yeah. And that's arguably the most important thing is for a goaltender, I think I think it's a bigger yeah. I think it's a bigger factor for goaltenders than it is for skaters but that they're out there. On the the angles are significantly different for a goaltender yeah. when it comes to that type of thing and positioning and getting yourself accustomed to. Oh, and think about how much space there is behind the net on yeah, international ice. Yeah, and then in North American ice, you're just like, there's there's nothing. It's yeah. so crowded. You, you, can, you can fit, fit one and a half guys back, back there. there. Yeah. <laughs> So it's that's that's just a you know not a concern, but I think it's an interesting situation. And then you have the other you have the other Eagles. Uh, you have the skaters. Yep, uh, your guy Sasha. Yeah, Mutala. They stole his point. I demand we riot on the AHL uh, stat trackers. So we just found out before the start of the show. We went back and looked, and they <laughs> took away his the assist that they had given him. Yep. And Rudo was upset. <laughs> They're out to get him. Down with the man. All right? No, but Mutala... I mean, there isn't a ton to say about Mutala and Berzan, really. Uh, they haven't looked particularly great. They haven't really been... They haven't give, been given very much opportunity, which is fine. Uh, at least in... I think Berzan is old enough that he can actually stay... Uh, yeah. But Mutala is going to go back to his bubble in the WHL and, and get to play out the rest of the year. Bigger concern for Burzan because he probably should have been pushing for the AHL already. Yep. Um, the with Mutala, Mutala needed another year in the WHL. Like, yeah, I don't disagree with that. The biggest thing, and I would say, and and I don't think that that it's his necessarily his game that needed the other year. I think he no, just needed another year it, of physical. It's his strength, one hundred percent. The the style of game he plays and has to play, he just needs to be stronger at the professional level. Period. Yeah, absolutely, so, no doubt about that. Uh, with Burzan, I don't know. He's in a weird spot with the organization. We've talked about it before. It's there's a deeper systemic question mark about drafting a guy like that and how you intend to use a lot, utilize him. But instead of going down to that darkness, let's 
talk about the success story of the guys that got a chance to play in the AHL here in John Luke Foodie. This one, I think, was look, there's a lot happening in Abs Prospect Land this year. There's a lot happening. Yep. This is arguably the most like action packed prospect in year of, in a long in terms of Abs prospects actually like popping off and guys that have that have had seasons that it's like we gotta talk about this. Jean-Luc Foodie's eight games in the AHL so far have been very interesting. Yep. Uh, when he when he fell to the third round, there were a lot of people, you know, you scrambling for that guy. Yeah. Our guy, our guy Will Scouch. Yep. Swore by Jean-Luc Foodie. As much as he hated the Justin Barron pick, he yeah, loved the Jean-Luc Foodie pick. He loved the Foodie pick. And it was interesting. Um, he he even tweeted about Foodie the other day, and the there were people who uh, followed the Spitfires and were like, "Imagine that! Like Foodie gets next to some actual talent, and look what happens." Pops off, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, very, just I think it's very. It was very interesting. Yeah. Um, because what Foodie was doing in in for the what he's been doing for the Eagles, and I haven't I have not been able to catch all of the games. I'm about halfway through them, but every other one is like not even worth watching. So, <laughs> and, well, and with the abs playing every Friday and Saturday, it's well, like, yeah, it, it's super hard to keep up. I know. Yeah, like they're they're. I think last what was it? Last Saturday. Yeah. Uh, I, it was like four o'clock in the morning, and I was watching an Eagles game, just trying to catch up from it. Yep. Um. Anyway, Foodie Foodie has been fascinating because the playmaking has been there, mm-hmm. and that was that was his look. His skating is world class, and everybody loves the skating, and that's that's always going to be the case. That is never ever going to change. So I don't ever feel like talking about it because it's just like you expect him to be a great skater. Guess what? He is. Um, the playmaking though that he showed at the junior level, which was one of his most intriguing characteristics on draft day, yep, it's Has there. Come through at the pro level too. Yeah. It's it's already there. And you think this is a kid that was just drafted? This is an eighteen year old kid in the AHL. The only eighteen year olds that show up in the AHL are usually Europeans who are allowed to who have been you know who have been playing pro hockey for a while. Yep. This is a dude making the jump from the OHL to the AHL immediately after a disappointing draft year, no less. And granted, four points in eight games, and all four of those points came in two games. He had two two assist games. Two two pop-off games, for sure. But watching him play, he's impacting the game regularly. This is this is not a guy that it's it's not like he's just disappearing. You know, he had those two really good games and then six nothing burgers. The guy has been an impact player, and it's really interesting because hey, he can't he can't jump he can't, he can't go anywhere for a little while. You know, he's not going to be in pro hockey for for a little while. But to see him succeed, I think this raises the profile a little and, bit. And I just want to say for context through the Eagles' season so far. They have one game where they've scored four goals or more. Yeah. So it's not like this is a high-octane offense he's getting dropped into or anything. It's with, true. 
let's be honest, the majority of the Eagles scores this year are hanging around on the Avs taxi squad. Yeah, they've been they've been uh, the the Eagles have been hamstrung more than anybody by this by this thing. Yeah, because it's, they they lose well, their defense especially. Oh my god. Yeah, that they're playing an ECHL defense at Greg Patteron. Like <laughs> that, <laughs> their defense is woof. Greg Patteron has like half their goals this yeah, year. Yeah, he's an elite. He's an elite defender in the AHL, man. He's it's popping crazy. off. Uh, one other thing I did want to mention on John Luke Foodie, he was one of the few people that really truly went the extra mile to search out a way to play hockey this year. Yeah. Before the AHL, he went over to Sweden and decided to play in their third tier pro league. Yeah, a league I had never heard of. <laughs> so he found a way to play some hockey games this year, and it clearly uh, looks like it's paying off, to say the least. Yeah, and, you know, uh, is the OHL coming back? I know there have been so many problems for the OHL this year. I think they have like a tentative plan. I don't like, there's so many, the WHL has like four different bubbles they're doing. It's just yeah. so hard to keep track of everything that yeah. I don't know for okay. sure. Well, I didn't mean to put you on the spot. Um, I mean, I'll look it up. It's fine. With, with foodie though, it's, you're just, you're wondering like, how much more does, does the team want to see from him to give him the ELC? Right. You know, because giving giving ELCs uh, to these mid-round guys has become more of a popular thing to do. Uh, you give it to them earlier, and then you pay out the bonus money right away. And they're cheaper in the long run, yeah. And then when they get to the – when they actually get to pro hockey, the, you don't have to pay any of the bonus money, and you actually you save, like, $92,000 a year, which, of course, we don't care about, but – it's just become a more popular thing um, for for clubs to do it. You know, like Philadelphia, for example, signed the the Wisdom kid after yeah. drafting him in the fourth round. They gave right him the DLC the next day. Yeah, that was crazy. and he's torn up the AHL this year. We were just <laughs> like, what happened? Uh, but yeah, it's been with Foodie. I think especially it's been really interesting. Matala, I think I'm not worried at all about Matala. Uh, he just needs to. He needs to get bigger and stronger. He need. He needed another junior year. Yep. And that's not to say Foodie doesn't. He definitely also needs to continue to to get bigger and stronger and grow into the body a little more. But the way that he plays the game, boy, is this enticing? Is this really, really, really yeah. encouraging. Well, and you. <laughs> Not only that, it, it what makes it so encouraging is look at the way the Avs play hockey, and it's so easy to see that guy yeah. just drop him in. <laughs> well, and and when you talk about okay, what's his timeline? You know, if Jonas Donskoy finish out finishes out his contract in Colorado, you're the like that deal is there it is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're like Simple okay, you're that. looking you're looking for a guy for him to replace. There it is, right there. Yep. So you know, two more years. Yeah, that gives that gives him that gives Foodie a year in the AHL. Yep. And then, you know. Of course they'd actually have to play him and like that's always the discussion, right? Okay, now this guy's gotten through the AHL and blah 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 blah. Yeah, I, that's a bridge that you just can't really talk about until you cross it. Like Yeah, I mean it's like the ultimate like roadblock to, to any of this. Yeah. Like the entire point of having a prospect show is made irrelevant because the abs are just like, 
No. Not going to play you. I mean, look, I'll sit here and pound the table for Shane Bowers every single night, especially if McKinnon's going to miss games. But So, about that. Yeah. I think we're good. I, I assume um, so as well, but... Nothing, nothing official, but word on the street. The little poking around this morning, and I think, I think he's going to be all right. I think we're, I, th- I think we'll see him tomorrow. Yeah, and yeah, not no surprise that he didn't come back last game or anything. Given there was that. no need. Yeah. <laughs> so that's good. We can take our first period break there and let you guys know about DraftKings Sportsbook, the number one rated sportsbook app out there. Still time to get in on the $1 to win $100 bet on anyone in the main fight of UFC 259 to land one punch, one bonk on his opponent, and you get $100 that easy. Go on over to DraftKings Sportsbook. Sign up with code DNVR. This is for new accounts only, so be sure to jump on it while you still can. They also have amazing odds boosts for all sorts of other awesome sports betting, whether it be basketball, baseball, football. You want to bet on Australian cricket? Go nuts. You can do it with DraftKings Sportsbook. They've got you covered. Aren't there like two types of cricket? Yeah, well, there's like the, the one that I can actually watch where it's like a one-day match. Yeah, well, and then and, the other one that go on for like Yeah, weeks. like it's a week-long game, and you're like, what the hell is this? <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know. I tried to get into I tried to get into cricket one offseason, and, you know, in our, in our secret Discord, we had somebody that was trying to help us out, and I just – I tried, and I was watching it, and I was like, I'm starting to get it. And then it all fell apart. I – I took like two days off and I came back and I was like, I don't understand any these rules anymore. I don't, I grew up a baseball fan. So baseball is objectively better in every single way. I'm sorry, cricket fans. It was just like, like I'm, I'm so conditioned to the idea of like a foul ball. And then in cricket, like the dude just hits it anywhere yeah. and you hit it backwards. And it's like, that's fine. Go get it. Yeah. People everywhere. And like their fielders all over the, and I'm like, Oh my God. Like what is out- the scoreboard? When an outfielder makes any catch, it's like an instant ultra highlight. Yeah, <laughs> you're like, not your job. <laughs> I don't know, man. I just between that, uh, between uh, between between cricket and curling, I'm really excited for the off season for us to do some video content of DNVR learns. Dude, I'm I'm so. I we legitimately need to have a DNVR curling league. Like I, I am all in on this. Oh, I don't know about a league, but we're definitely going to go to. We're definitely going to take a group of us and go learn to curl. Hell yeah, let's go. Let's That's go. happening. Oh, that is one thousand percent. I can't even imagine what the money line is at DraftKings with the DNVR curling gang. But again, head on over there. Use code. DNVR, excuse me, when you sign up to get your mad $1 for $100 deal. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by that DraftKings sportsbook. Do anything else we want to touch on in the AHL here, AJ? Shane Bowers rocks. I Nick Henry's at least getting to play. 
He is not scratched. He's got that going for him. That's yeah. about the end of that list. But yeah, <laughs> that's been I don't know. That's been a bummer though. It's been disappointing and frustrating to say the least. Oh, yeah, and like some of it is like, well, the, and, line, the line that you draw where you're like, how much has the organization done to really help him and. The thing is, like, they sent him to the AHL this year for two games, and he scored five points in two games with four goals. The, and it's like, clearly, this dude is good enough to be in the AHL at least. Yeah, you mean the ECHL, but yes, you said they sent him to the AHL. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah they sent him to the Utah Grizzlies for yeah. two games, and he murked. And it was <laughs> yeah. like, okay, <laughs> he treated the ECHL exactly as you would expect him to. Yep. The, the, to be honest, a similar way that Ty Lewis has acted every time he goes down to the ECHL too, where he's just like, "This is below me." <laughs> yeah, where you're like, "Dude, this guy's too good for this league." Come on. Yep. So, anyway, is what it is. Yeah, I just, I can't. I look me personally. I just can't. I can't have this conversation every single yep. time anymore. Agreed. I've I've had it. Too many times already well, in the past on, year and a half. I'm, I'm going on like 10 years of this. Yeah, this and is year five for me. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, I can't, I cannot do this thing anymore. Not every day. Anyway, let's move on to the junior and or non-professional prospects. Yeah. Should we start with the NCAA? Do you want to start with the BC boys, or do you want to start with uh, the breakout kid? Let's uh, let's stay away from BC for now. Okay, so Sampo just, Ranta then, just because that's such a big conversation. Yeah. Um, you know, let's start. Let's start with the. We'll, we'll do this the quick one. They've got three guys at Notre okay. Dame. Yeah, Notre Dame and yeah. <laughs> Other than your uh, your sneaky suspicion that Nate Clarman might get an ELC, what's what's really coming out of Notre Dame right now? Uh, dude, Nick Nick Lieberman uh, he, is he, legitimately doing the thing that we always wondered he if he would do. They put him. They were like, "All right, this is the one offensive defenseman that Notre Dame is allowed to have." They put him in that role, and wouldn't you know it, things started to click for him. Yeah, and you know, with Lieberman. <laughs> I will never forget talking to uh, a member of the Avalanche scouting staff when Nick Lieberman got drafted. And he said, Nick Lieberman is a great skater. And also the way that they discovered Nick Lieberman is they were their area scout. Um, I believe it's, I believe it's, I believe it's John Funk. Um, their area scout for Minnesota was there to, to watch Middlestat. Yep. And Lieberman was playing against him and they were, he was like, this dude can fly. Who is this kid? Literally got drafted because he was a great skater in the seventh round. And they were going to Notre Dame, which they obviously have a history with. And as much as they try and tell me that that's just a coincidence, I don't believe them for one second. I think that, (laughs) There's a familiarity when guys are going to certain programs that teams yep. are comfortable with, yep, uh, and have relationships with. I think that helps them. It it doesn't but, take a genius to see they've had four guys at Notre Dame and now they have three dudes going to BC, <laughs> right? Well, and then they had they had a couple guys at BU a few years ago. Yep. They had you remember they had all the guys in Rowena Ronda, yep, at the same time. Like they're 
You know, I think I think that they're just I, I'm not sold that that's a coincidence, is sure. what I'm saying. But I think with um uh, and with Lieberman, they were they said they told me he's a great skater. If he can learn to play hockey in the next four years, we may have a we may have a hit on our hands. He's gotta learn to play offense, he's gotta learn to play defense. He's going to a great school to learn to play defense. And it's been a slow burn for Nikki Lieberman. Yep. You know, two two points in 23 games his first year. Was borderline a red shirt his first yeah. year. Like... And that was a year where they had eight guys on scholarship that they were rotating in regularly. And it was like like five or six of those guys were draft picks. Yep. Including Lieberman and Clerman. Yep. So they were constantly rotating them in, right? And then Lieberman really got in there last year as a, as a regular and 12 points in 32 games, a step forward. Like, Hey, it, it took him about half of his sophomore year to really find his feet. And then the production started to come a little bit. And then this year happened where they were like, all right, you know, Clerman and Lieberman are upperclassmen. Clerman's captain. They took the saddle off of Lieberman basically. Yeah. And you look at it, he's got 16 points in 26 games and uh, for for a program that is struggling to score, I I don't want to put down anyone too much, but that team is nowhere near what it was three years ago. That yeah. team is not a competitive NCAA team night in and night out. <clears throat> nowhere near as good as it was when they first drafted Cam Morrison, and we yep. were all very excited because he scored a couple of big goals in his freshman year. Not the same at all. Uh, yeah. I mean, you look at it, Lieberman is fourth on that team in scoring. Yep. He, there were a couple weeks ago, he was second. Like, that team is just not scoring goals. And it's it's interesting because that doesn't really affect, affect Clerman that much, right? Because it's just not his role in the team anyway. He's the defensive <laughs> D-man captain of that hockey team. So, yeah, he's, he's puttering along at, at a pretty standard clip. Have either of these guys earned ELCs yet? I don't know. They well, and they're both juniors, right? They have and another so, year to be clear. Yeah, and this, I think, this is the biggest thing that helps them. They both have another year, and it gives the Avs a chance to stagger some of their ELCs, some of their incoming contracts, because that gives them another year to, you know, I don't want to say cut loose dead weight because that's not really what i mean free up contract space how about that but yeah like you look at you look at some of their their contracts where you're like look josh dickinson travis Barron, ty lewis these guys all their elcs end this year yep nick henry his elc ends next year like they're gonna have some extra contract space um real over the next two years they're realistically looking at signing eight plus guys potentially yeah yeah. So there's a lot coming. Yeah. Um, there's a there's a lot of talent along on the way. Uh and to be honest, very little of it we've been looking at as defensive talent. It's been all Drew Hellison and Justin Barron. And now all of us and whenever Danila Jaravalov decides he yeah, wants to come over I mean, from that's, Russia. That's like, a wild card. So totally. Yeah. You just don't really know. PS having a really good year in the KHL. Yep. Um <clears throat> So all of a sudden, but all like 
all of a sudden this defense is starting to actually shape up with some prospects again. You know, the Tibbins and Byram and all these, you know, McCarr, all the these guys graduating and yeah. moving on to the NHL, and you're just like, okay, well, I'm kind of cleaning out the cupboard here, and now it's about the next wave. Who's going to help? You know, who's on the way to the Eagles? Because there aren't – I don't see – I don't see any jump straight to the NHL. Me either. And I do want to continue this conversation, particularly about the defense. After this break, we do have to tell you guys about Chevalier Mortgage. Both Mike and Virginia have been in the business for a very long time, and they bring more than your average mortgage company because Mike is a certified even financial planner who can take care of all of your financial needs. Take a look at your entire picture to make sure you find the right home loan for you. So be sure to check them out today at dnvrmortgage.com and get signed up for a free consultation as well as an opportunity to win yourself some free DNVR merch. Highly recommend it. These two have been doing it for a long time. They're local and family owned, just like us here at DNVR. So you know how it goes. Supporting our partners is supporting us. Again, be sure to check them out at dnvrmortgage.com or you can call Virginia directly at 303-257-6578. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Rudo and AJ here. Do we want to get into the Justin Barron, the Drew Hellison conversation here? Um, I mean, we still have a long way to go. We have a lot of prospects to talk about. I know. This third period is going to be long. Trust me. Um, we're not, we haven't even talked about Ryder Ralston. Yeah. Okay. We just did. Yeah. That's the conversation is that he has four assists in 25 games. Oh, he got his fifth. Yeah. He has five now. Five assists in 25 games. I think it is. And zero goals. Uh, no, you're right. It's four. Yeah. You're trying to give him Utala's assist. I see how it is. All right. (laughs) That's right. Get out of here with that. That's funny. Um, so Rolston not having a great transition immediately to the NCAA. Yeah. Now that's the dude was going to spend at minimum three years there anyway. So you're not slapping the panic button or anything. Yeah. It's, I'm, I'm not worrying at all about Ryder Rolston not scoring in his freshman year on a, on a bad Notre Dame team that can't score. Yep. For sure. Uh, Jacob Hill asks any prospects you guys don't expect to get signed. Well, it kind of depends on the year that you're talking about. Yeah. This year, they only have four decisions that they have to make. Yep. Trent Miner, Sasha Matala, Luca Burzan, and Alex Pokash. Of the those old- four, two of them are hard yeses. And they should absolutely get contracts, no questions asked. Pokash and Mutala are no doubters. Yeah. Yep. Pokash and Mutala should 100% get ELCs. No doubt. Uh, um, Miner, we talked about Miner already. Burzan, I think probably no. Yeah, Burzan on the outside looking in, maybe they do something like they did with uh, Sajin where he gets an AHL deal yeah. or something. But Yeah, I think that would be a wise approach for them. Um, they need to, They honestly need to worry about contract numbers a little bit here because I think there are so many guys that they're going to give deals to. Yep. We'll, we'll get into some of the guys that aren't up this year and whether they deserve a contract now a little bit more in a minute. Um, we talked about Notre Dame for the most part at this point. Do you want to go to the queue next? Do you want to stay in the NCAA? AJ, who's next on your list? Yeah, let's just talk. Let's do BC. Okay. We'll go to the BC boys. Uh, 
let's start with Colby Ambrosio. We'll get him out of the way because he's at least in the immediate, the least interesting of the three. Funny because he's been a huge breakout for, yeah. the, for the system. Been a um, super successful guy for a fourth round pick in his first year. But yeah, Kamenev is not still count as a prospect. No, they own his rights. But even then, he's graduated. He's played too yeah. many games. He's He'll go live in the Dennis Parshin forever and have, but never going to play in the NHL universe. He only has uh, he only has to get until his 27th birthday. Oh, did they not QO him? Is that what happened? Uh, well, they did. Um, so, I mean, they queued him this year, whatever they decide to do at the end of this year. I have okay, idea, well, but yeah, whatever. Anyway, but all that, all, when Kamenev's 27, he'll be he's a free that, agent. Sure. He's, yeah, he can do exactly what Mikhail Grigorenko did. If he so desires. Yeah. Although they didn't queue up Grigorenko, so they didn't retain his rights. He was a, he could do whatever he wanted. Yep. Anyway, point is, not a prospect. Yep. Um, Colby Ambrosio, a big breakout. Um, really like a really, really, I was really down on that pick and I'm a moron. So yeah. see, this was, this was my pick. I like this one. Yeah. I was, I was super into the two picks around him. So it, admittedly, I liked him more than foodie and foodie has been a slam dunk. So yeah, well, you can't win them all. I mean, <laughs> um, Ambrosio, Ambrosio as a freshman, 14 points in 20 games on a really, really good team. Uh, has actually gotten a chance to play up in their lineup because so much time you hurt. Yep. So it, it kind of, it ended up being like a weird benefit to him and the game has kind of come and gone. The production has kind of come and gone for sure. But you remember, this is a freshman. This is a mid round pick Um, more and more. I, I wonder, you know, it's obviously big, but, when you take a guy like this, you're you're hoping that you have a, the next Johnny Gaudreau on your hands. Yep. And it's obviously too early to be like, that's where they're headed. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's just going to be a guy who puts up 99 points in the NHL? No, I'm a little premature to go that far. You're trying to get a top six guy out of him, right? But, yeah, you're you're looking at him right now, and you're like, boy, this is really intriguing. Knowing that you you're probably looking at two more years of him in yep. college, at, at oh. absolute minimum one more. Easily, there's I no mean, way there's no way they sign him now because, I mean, that would be just stupid on so many yeah, levels. Anyway, yeah, no <laughs> yeah. So we, yeah, we we forgot Sample Rant. His name is in the title of the show. <laughs> We'll get we're, there. We're getting we'll get there. there again. The the abs have maybe never had a prospect yeah. season quite like this. There's there's a reason we're saving him for last. Let's put it yeah. that way. <laughs> um, with Ambrosio though, just such an encouraging start. Yep. You know, um, is he a center? Is he a wing? I think he's going to end up a wing. I uh, yeah. Uh, it's it's tough to play center when you're that small at the yeah. pro level. It's just but hard. But his he's. He is an annoying guy on the ice. Like watching, <clears throat> I didn't get to watch a ton of his USHO games. I ended up going back and watching a handful of them. Yep. But I've watched a fair amount of the BC games, and he's he causes problems. Yep. You he know, has he has enough finishing ability. That's what's exciting to me. Is he's not yeah. he's he's different than John Luke Foodie in that regard. 
very different. I mean, you can absolutely picture a world where those guys are next to each other. Yep. Foodie um, feeding him, and the midget foodie, line is just scoring on people. Yeah, exactly. Where Foodie <laughs> is the center of that line, and Ambrosio's on that wing, and you've got your playmaker and you've got your goal scorer right there. Yep. Yeah, it's not hard to envision that one. That's for sure. They, I mean, they're, you know, Ambrosio, his skating is good enough that food, he won't be, it's not like he's going to get dusted by Foodie. Um, but his, he's also, I mean, he's a pest on the ice. Like, I I love that he loves to get under the skin of other players. Like he's He's got that little extra, you know, he's got that little small man thing going on where he just wants to, he wants to get up in, in their face. And he's not, he's not like a super physical player, but. He, I mean, it, he can't be with his size. But right. Yeah. <laughs> but he, he is not, he doesn't play the game with fear. Yeah. And I think that's, it's an incredibly important thing for guys who are on the small side. They have to play up he, and he does that. He's Joey Hishin before the concussion. <laughs> yeah. I hate to bring it up like that, but. I'm just I'm I've what when Ambrosio's his his ability um, all around the game in on the ice is um it's I for real. He's, yeah he's very very intriguing as a four as a fourth round guy you're like oh my gosh so let's and move the, in the apps were so excited about him and I was like okay but. All right, you they, take all the third-round picks. I'll take all the fourth-round picks for the Avs, and we got something here. It's true, man. <laughs> we've, I mean, we've talked though in recent, in the last couple of years, the third round has been for the Avs is like that's where the it's dudes, where the, yeah. the meat of their system is coming from right now. Like this, this next wave of guys, like all these dudes, Bocage. We'll get to yeah. Ranta. Yeah, Bokaj, Ranta, uh, Foodie, Ananen. Ananen too, yeah. Sampo, obviously. It's, I mean, it's just a, anyway. Yeah. Ambrosio's been dope. He's been dope. Moving on, uh, let's do Alex Newhook first, because it, <laughs> Alex okay. Newhook could just sit the rest of the season and he's getting an ELC, right? Like <clears throat> He should he should get an ELC immediately, yeah. If the thing is, so Alex Nuke's already 20. Yep. So his ELC, if it starts this year, they burn a year off no matter what. They should not do that. Agreed. From their perspective, they should not do that. If that's what it takes to get him to sign this year, then that's what it takes. I. But they should not do that. Yeah, I don't have a problem with them doing it if that's what you got to do. But when you have to pay Alex Newhook and Nathan McKinnon in the same year, things might get interesting. Yeah. I mean, the one, the one thing you say about the, the one upside of getting Newhook to his second contract faster. Okay. Say he signs his ELC. It's for this year. He burns the year off. He doesn't make any NHL contributions. He goes and plays for the Eagles or whatever. That was just, that was just how they got him to sign. Okay. Sure. Next year, he doesn't start the team, doesn't necessarily start the season with the NHL team. The one, the one like upside is that you get him to his second contract before he blows up, before he's established himself as a beast of a two C, right? Basically, before before he gets to the Makar 
you know, the, the Makar thing. So that's where, that's where you say, if you could get him to that second contract faster, maybe you can get him on a two or three year deal in that point, you know, go with the classic, the, the old school bridge construct where it's, it's a three-year deal for like $4 million or something. Right. And then he turns into a $9 million player in the meantime. And you're like, (laughs) go win two cups with that dude. And then whatever happens, happens. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Like what in, and then you go from there, you know, it's, that's the one upside of maybe you try and like, you're, you're like, can we burn two years off this ELC actually get to that bridge ASAP? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like maybe that's the goal because you, Instead of instead of trying to preserve all three years of nine hundred k or whatever, yeah. Um, so maybe th- that would be the upside if that's if that's the way that they were going to do it. Obviously, you would take the three years of nine hundred and twenty five k. Yeah, for sure. Uh, hey, hey, Cygnus, your your new job better be standing in line and, and killing ads tonight. That's all I'm saying. But congratulations, my dude. Uh- <laughs> you don't. If you don't figure out how to stand in some goddamn lines and kill some ads, we are going to have a conversation tonight, sir. <laughs> uh, so the new hook conversation is let's see what he does in pro at this point. Yep. Um, ATO him. Let him go play with the Eagles. Yep. I, I think that's the smartest thing for everybody involved. Um, you can even sign him to the ELC just as long as the ELC doesn't start until next season. Now, the next conversation is Drew Hellison, and I brought this up a month ago, and everyone I talked to was pretty adverse to it, but all of a sudden, still wouldn't do it? Nope. Still wouldn't sign Drew Hellison at the end of this year? I would not do it. Okay. Nonetheless, Drew Hellison breaking out. Look, he's he's never going to be a guy that puts up crazy offensive numbers, but he has been effective in the offensive zone this year to the point where it's not the concern that it was after his freshman year. When that dude straight walked the dude. When that dude went to WJC's and scored that fluky ass goal for his first point at WJC's and it was like (laughs) off of his body and then his second one is from the corner yeah. well you remember like... because the first goal was off of his skate and he yep. was like 15 feet out and you were like what the hell <laughs> and then he had the second goal was the one where he threw it at the net from the corner and it found its way in and you're like ah, wjc goalies baby <laughs> it was hilarious right and then he goes back to bc and he just won't stop producing offense yep like not just, not just he put a dude on a poster like <laughs> the three on three overtime goal where he was just like girl bye was awesome but for him to go 14 points in 18 games the biggest the biggest change of of how he's producing those points is that he's jumping into the play and he's reading the ice and the offensive instincts are all of a sudden all over the place yep they're everywhere man and it's not like he has a he has a lethal shot. It's not it's not like you know he's super deadly. It's just that he's jumping into open ice and he's converting chances. He's finding guys that are open. Yep. He's it, creating it's he's creating scoring opportunities that a year ago, look, he just wasn't doing it. He would get into the offensive zone, 
He would put a stick down, he would stand at the blue line, and he would wait to leave. If he got the puck in the offensive zone, you were expecting right back to his D partner or he'd rim it. And that yeah. was about it. Like That was it. And then it was like, okay, is it time for me to go hit somebody defensively yet? Okay. But the the things the the attributes about him that were so intriguing, you know, the the combination of his size and his skating. He has made both of them assets on offense this year. Agreed. And that is that is exactly the kind of growth in a in an overall game that you're looking for from a prospect. Is just start adding stuff to their profile. Look, defensively, he's still good. He's still solid. He's still mean. He still hits people. He's still he's still a good skater. He's still six foot three and he's still right-handed. All of that stuff is still there. He's just adding to it. And this is what's this is what has turned him from we'll see. You know, this is this was this another trap where the Avs fell into it with the defensive defenseman prospect where they're they, they love these old school guys. They just had Josh Anderson that's not working out. Or or is this like, yeah. <laughs> is this guy you know, are you just as excited about this guy as you are about Justin Barron? Because he thoroughly outplayed Justin Barron at WJC. It wasn't close. It, it was not close. Drew Hellison was a monster for Team USA at WJC. Yeah. Um, and Drew Hellison, Drew Hellison turns 20 in three weeks. Yep. Still a youngster. So, <clears throat> you know, I still think I, I would. I'm worried about having all these ELCs at one time. So I'm thinking one more year. Stagger that one because they're going to yeah. sign Baron. <laughs> and then just and, and one more year at BC, like there's nothing wrong. Let him continue to flourish offensively. Just because, just because just because he took a big step forward this year doesn't mean he's done. You know, let him let him have another year in college hockey. Go and do it again. You know, I expect there will be plenty of BC uh, turnover at BC with graduations. New Hook Boldy, et cetera, et cetera. A handful of guys could, should be leaving. Yep. I want to see what happens when he doesn't have quite the same level of talent. Is he a little bit more of the man there? Yeah. At least I on wanna, defense, yeah. I want to see what it looks like. Let him, let him really take over and be like the guy on that team for a year. And then, you know. You're not just developing hockey players. You're developing people and giving him a chance in a leadership role is yep. one of those things that maybe that comes maybe that comes back around someday to be a really big feather in his cap. For sure. Christopher, you never run out of good D if you keep drafting good D, all right? That's all I'm saying. I really thought that you never run out of good D was going to turn into a Manscaped segue. <laughs> Manscaped is I not really, on the read today. Yeah, I really thought that's where we were headed. <laughs> I'm so on guard for it now. Well, we, you know we're saving up all that energy for Saturday. All right. <laughs> yeah. so. There's going to be so many bonks on Saturday. Uh, mega bonks on Saturday for sure. Uh, AJ. Do you want to go to Baron next? Do you want to go to uh, you guys? All right, because I'm going to abandon you for 35 seconds because someone just knocked on my front door. So great. Let's talk Q. Cool. Have fun uh, talking Q for a little bit. So look, Alex, Alex Bocage uh, had a white hot start to the year and then got himself traded. 
when you end up on a when you when you end up on a bad team in the queue and you're in what's likely your final junior season, you get moved to a team that has higher aspirations. And so he ended up in Victoriaville. Um, the goal scoring, he's only got the one through five games. It's a start, but he's got five, he's got four assists. So a point per game player continuing to do his thing. Look, we've said it a bunch in the past. On really in the in the last year, every time we talk about Alex Bocage, the takeaway is always the same. He's he doesn't need to do anything in the queue anymore. He just doesn't. He does not need to do anything in the queue. He's proven he can score goals on their goalies. He's proven that the time and space defensively doesn't exist. There's nothing. There's nothing left for Sampo Ranta to. Or Sampo Ranta. I'm reading chat. Uh, there's nothing left for Alex Bocage to do. In in the queue, it's whenever his whenever his junior season finishes, he's done. You you just move him on up to the AHL, and then you see is the skating. Has his skating improved? Because he's got a great shot, and it's not it, it's an it's an array of shots. Uh, all of, you know, the wrist, the slap, and the backhand are all good. And that's the guy. The guy can score goals for you. That's what he does, and that's that's the selling point. That's what makes you love him so much. And all he has to all he has to do is just move into the AHL and figure it out. Yep, like. We talk. We talk about. Uh, we talk about how Jean Luc Foudy is going to be dishing pucks to Colby Ambrosio. Well, the guy on the other side is could just Alex as easily <laughs> be Alex Bocage. Now he might have trouble keeping up with Foody, but once they get into the offensive zone together, they they have a chance to make some real magic together. I mean, a shot like that, you might even you go a little bit. Uh... Again, list Ovechkin style. Just turret him up at the top of the circle and let him go. Yeah. Well, and then your problem there is that you, you, if you were to theoretically here, you have Ambrosio on the other side. Yeah. That's not, it's not necessarily the guy you want standing in front. Yeah. You, you, you know, it's it's a work in progress. All right. This slide guy. He, he's a competitive little guy, though. He wouldn't shy away from that job at all. Um, but the other, Justin Barron, look, the guy. Yeah. The, he had he had a really mediocre WJCs as like a third pairing player. Yep, his underlying numbers at WJCs weren't good. Uh, they just they eh. they trended the wrong way as the tournament went on. Too yeah, like, he the, really he was Colorado's worst prospect at WJCs this year. And yep. to be honest with you, he didn't have a bad WJCs. It was just okay. Yep, it was an okay WJCs on a team full of dudes going off. And you and you consider also that he was limited role, and he hadn't played. He had he with the injuries and stuff that he had. He just had not played a whole lot. He had seven games under his belt, I think, when he went to the camp. So yeah, not and, much hockey there. Yeah, yeah, and like granted, this this last year there were a lot of guys who hadn't played in a long time. That's but, true. That's true. But he lost he lost a lot of development time in his draft year. Because of injury issues with the blood clots, uh, that's that's all good and well. That's fixed. That's behind him. And look at him, like sixteen points in nineteen games. Is it? In, he's doing. Uh, he's doing exactly what he needs to be doing. Yep. It, the offense has been consistent. I think that's a big key for him as well. Uh, 
I, I, he's a little bit weird. Like when I watch him play hockey, I really like his reads. I really like his intelligence. I really like what he's physically capable of. Mm-hmm. He's weird with the puck. He gives me weird vibes with the puck. He's one of those guys where the puck just seems to roll off his stick a little bit too easily. I do think that there's a lot of room. There, there's a lot of room there. Yeah, for, for him sure. To grow for sure. Um, and the big thing, I he's he's of the he can go to the AHL immediately after this yeah. year, and, and I think he, he should. should definitely, but. There's- just because he gets there earlier doesn't mean he'll leave earlier. I think he needs right. to be there for a while. He really needs to bulk up. Yep. He really he's got a he's got a great frame. Fill it out. Yeah. Yeah. He needs to like Drew Drew Hellison, when he gets filled out, he's gonna be like a big yeah. bulking mean son of a that's bitch. That's the dude right? you hate going into the corner against. Yeah. yeah. But with Baron, like he needs to he needs to be able to bulk up if only because the way that he moves the puck, he needs to. He has to be able to carry it himself at times. Yeah, well, and he needs he needs to be able to fend guys off. He needs to he yep. needs to be stronger on the puck itself. Agreed. Um, you know, David says that he reminds him of Connor Timmins, significantly made, better skater. We've made we've made the comparison as, with that addendum. He's yep. um, they're similar style of players, but Baron is a much better skater. If Connor Timmons could have Justin Barron's feet, he would be – well, Colorado's defense would be in a real, real different spot. Yeah. So just keeping tabs here, Bocage, Mutala, ELC is expected. Throw Barron on that list as well. Yeah. Okay. Another another year of Barron in junior, like it's not – It to, to be honest, it, Partic- it would feel like – it would feel like a missed opportunity because the Eagles defense is so there's literally I zero prospects this, on it right now. But it's barren. And <laughs> bonk. <laughs> um, but it's it's I, I I didn't go down that road intending to say that. It's just where <laughs> I ended up. But it was it like it, it would be a missed opportunity because of that. But if they wanted to give him another if they wanted to give him another year, it's okay. I from the standpoint of what is the best path for his development, I think the AHL is better. You and I agree there that when a guy when a guy is is physically ready to go, get him in there. Yeah, he should go to the AHL, and that it doesn't bother me that twenty year olds are flooding the AHL. Yeah. It's a developmental league, and finally, it's being treated as such. The twenty seven and twenty eight year old guys, all over and over, like all of those guys are not. The, the there are team leaders now, no longer there's, like there's no substitute to playing against men. They're just well, and the HL is just better. Yep, arguably take, the second best league in the world. Yeah, you take the you take the Q, you take the best team from the Q, the best team from the CHL, and you throw them against the best team from the AHL in a seven game series, and I don't think it's going to go very well for them for the for the kids. <laughs> yeah, me either. So you know you it, like the AHL is just a step up. It's faster. It's one step from the NHL. It's faster, it's bigger, it's stronger, it's better. The players are better. Yep. It's why it's why you see guys like Ty Lewis have 100-point seasons in the WHL and show up into the AHL, and it's like, whoa, this is a struggle for this guy. Yeah. It's it's definitely – it's better than juniors. There's yeah. no There's no argument against it. It's There is something to be said for letting a guy absolutely 
shithouse the juniors, though. What I mean, what does a player need? Does a player need the competition? Does a player need confidence? Does a player need skill level? Do they need more structure? There's <sighs> development is hard, guys. There's yeah. so many things that go into this conversation. It's it's different for every single player, and it's not a straight line. Yep. You need you. you it's a combination of player characteristics, uh, environment that they're in, organization that they're in, fit of you know fit in the organization style. What what are they good at? What is the organization good at? Like the Avs are not good at developing defensive defensemen, so. Even though Drew Hellison looks great right now, do you have any faith whatsoever that Drew Hellison becomes a quality NHL player in four years? My, you know, me personally, it's not it's not a whole lot of faith. You can't confidence the haven't earned that. To that. You can say you like him as a prospect, but you can't confidently say yes to anyone in the AV system becoming a, an NHL player except for maybe Newhook right now. Yeah. So that's just part of part and parcel with uh, with development. I mean, physical. So, do you think the AHL is better for physical growth over the CHL? Um, I mean, it's it just depends. Where is it? Where where is a guy like a guy for, you know, like a guy like Bocage? He's a big guy already. He's got good size. It's one of the things I, I mean, liked about him. Even even what is physical growth? Is physical growth the guy needs to play more physical on the ice? The guy needs to understand how to take contact? Or is physical growth the guy needs to spend every weekend in the gym bulking up? Like Right. Because if he does, then I personally, I prefer him to be in the NCAA. Agreed. Because that's one, you get four years to make your decision on guys. If the abs had to make a decision, if, if Sample Ranta went to June to, to the CHL and they had to make a decision on him after two years. Would he get it? Would he have gotten a contract? I don't Probably know. It, it'd be, it certainly would be a question, but after this year, I mean, right. And we haven't, we keep, yeah. we keep kicking the can down the road. We, we're about but, to get to that can. I promise. <laughs> yeah. It's just look the HL and, and, once the AHL decided it wanted to be a development league and NHL teams started buying up AHL clubs and started taking it seriously, it changed that league. There's a reason that the AHL is not full of goons running around, finishing out their careers, punching each other anymore. Yep. That used to like, not even that long. It was like seven years ago. Like, that was still the AHL. A, a decade ago, those dudes were commonplace. Yeah, there were there were like four of them on every team. Yep. AHL fourth lines is where you put like the Mitch Hurts of the world. Yep. And you just waited for those guys to punch their way to the NHL, or just keep punching their way through their careers. Like it just it, it was just a different league with different priorities. And now it's not like that. The AHL has changed drastically. A lot more scale going on there for sure. Yeah. And yeah. the the hard part is figuring out when a guy is ready for that challenge. Yep. It's it's a fine line sometimes too. It's it's not that clear a lot of the time. Um let's let's keep moving here. Do we want to talk about Tyler Weese at all? Because he is having a good year. Yeah. So Tyler Weeks, the guy that you and I both pretty much dismissed out of hand at the beginning of the season. I don't even yep. think he was on our prospect pyramid because we were like I think I put him on. I forgot Kovalenko. I remember. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, well, we still, I guess we already talked about Travelov a little bit. But. Yeah. 
the the Russian guys are wait and see when they want to come over at this point. Yeah. There's so just to just to get that out of the way, Zhravalov, Kovalenko, whenever their contracts end, whenever they want to come across for ELCs, they're both ready. Yep. Kovalenko, I would drop in the NHL today, though, and uh, Zhravalov, I would not. Agreed. Zhravalov probably needs another year. Kovalenko, just do it and see what you have. Yep. Hundred percent, man. Just. Fe- there, there won't be a ton of development there when he gets to the NHL. Yep. Tyler Weiss, though, 20 points in 23 games so far this year. More importantly, six goals and driving more offense as an individual as opposed to being part of a system. Look, the guy, even when he was at the DP, he was, the offense always flashed. Yep. He was always the guy that had electric ability with the puck. He was a great skater, really, really good hands, a great passer, really good vision. Needed to fill out, needed to develop a shot, needed to score some goals, man. Yep. And he's done all of those things this year, and he's taken over a leadership role on that team. He's been a very important player for for that program. Do you let him go back for his senior year? Because I think I would. Easily. Easily. That's no no doubt about it. Um I'm I have no qualms about that one. Okay. I, because I then next year they they could realistically be signing Weiss, Clerman, Lieberman, Hellison. You start having conversations about maybe someone like a foodie at that point. Oh, they should totally yeah, foodie should totally be part of that group. Oh, yeah, yeah, he's 2022. I'm stupid. Definitely foodie. Um, yeah. Possibly an Ambrosio. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I would... Probably going for a third year, but you never know. I would I would, I would, would really put the expectation at waiting uh, on him. Um, last guy that we should talk about? Yeah, I guess, I guess we can talk about the dude in the title. Matt Steinberg. Oh, yeah, right, totally. Uh, hasn't played hockey this year at all, essentially. Guy got guy got hurt blocking a shot and in was expected pre-season. back on January first. Yep, it's March fourth, and we have no idea what's going on. So Haven't heard anything? He's an AV already, baby. He can't play pro because of his NCAA eligibility. All the junior A leagues are shut down. Can't play major junior when it comes back. He, I don't. He is the new Shamil Shmakov. Who's also still in the system, right? Yeah, he's playing in the VHL, but like super sporadically, nobody knows. <laughs> he, he actually, and he has a uh, he has thirteen games played. Yeah, but their season has been like forty games, and that team has played like six goaltenders this year. So it's really confusing what's going on. I'm just, I'm I'm happy that he's able to play. I but mean, after his broken back stuff, last yeah, year, yeah, like. When you think about just like just from a life perspective, like that's a that's a what a 21, 22 year old kid. Yep. With a who broke his back. Yep. And boy. Tough for sure. Yeah. Just a so I'm just happy that he's been he's been able to play games. I hope he's all right. And you know. They they own his they own his rights for a while. Um, that's that's how the Russians go. Well, he has until he has until 
June first of next year to 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 earn a contract. Not gonna say that there's a lot of confidence there, but best of luck to him. Hopefully, it goes well. I, I, I mean, let's be honest. This is probably a guy who, if he's gonna make it to the NHL, goes the Pavel Francouz route of playing in the KHL for a while and and all of that thing. So you just wish him the best for his career, honestly. Yeah. Um, to be honest with you, a 916 in the VHL is not particularly impressive. Goalies put up 930s in that league all yeah. the time. That is a that is a that is a very very low scoring league where goaltenders their numbers end up looking That'll great. Ridiculous, yeah. Yeah. You look at the top of just for example, the guy leading that league has a 943 save percentage and a 1.39 goals against. So is is Nozaman really a prospect? Oman, I guess. Excuse me. Yeah. Shamil yeah. Shmakov, by the way, 31st in the VHL in save percentage at 916. Yeah. So there you go. Not great, Bob. Out of 59 goaltenders. The guy, the guy with an 875 should probably find something else to do. Oof. Are we are we there? Can we uh can we get the folks what they want? Is it is it Christmas time? I mean Neil Salman has, what is, I think, five points this year. Five points in 45 games or something in uh, the SHL. Look, yeah. To be honest with you, not I, – I, I don't know shit about the guy still. I've watched a couple of his games, and I don't I – like, I don't know. He's a grinder in the SHL. I don't know what you want me to tell you. He's got good size, and he's a center. Yep. And the Avs are hoping in two or three years he figures out how to score shit little points so that they can justify giving him a contract. I guess, I guess that's it. Good luck. We'll keep an eye on him, but the you know I I hope I hope he comes to a dev camp someday so we can see him live and really get a feel for him. That would be interesting at very least. Have something to say about him. <laughs> yeah. Kind of I mean I'm, I hope the same for Shmuel Schmackoff someday. True. But just because I want to see a six foot seven goaltender, <laughs> absolute monster. Yeah, they don't need to sign Ivan Fedotov if they do. If they just bring him over, there you go. Make Eddie happy, just like that. Easy. <laughs> um, okay, for real though. This Let's is the most. This is the most exciting breakout for an abs prospect in a long time. Like it's, it's one thing when first round picks pop off in leagues and they go crazy, and it's just like whatever, right? Well, this is a lot of fun, though. So I think part of what makes this particular breakout so exciting is because everyone could see it. Everyone is like, oh, if he yep. just puts it together, it'll yep. be great. Sampo Ranta's putting it together, folks. Yeah. 25 points in 24 games right now. 15 of those are goals. I. He's making the NCAA his bitch. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> like... <laughs> I like Minnesota's really good, by the way. They are. They but are also a big part of that is Sampo Ranta's step forward. Like Sampo Ranta, when he was drafted, again, this was an it was easy to see the appeal here. Great size, six foot two, two hundred pounds. It's great skater. Gets up and down the ice. Like does does the physical attributes has a great shot. All of the all of that stuff pops when you watch him play. When you see the good stuff, when you just watch a highlight reel, you're like, Jesus. 
This is all translatable. Yep. This guy, this is all high-end stuff. This guy is something else. I mean, you look at the last goal that he scored uh, last weekend where or two weeks ago where he just puts his head down, He's, goes he has around like the defenseman. Five goals like that this yeah. year, by the way. <laughs> puts his head down, goes around the defenseman, cuts hard to the net, and just stuffs it into an empty net because he beat the goaltender. Yep. And it's just like he's figured it out. The light bulb went off. Like, Sampo Ranta has learned, oh, I can do all these things. These guys can't stop me. I'm bigger, I'm stronger, and I'm faster. This is why you let guys go to college for three years. They figure these things out. And the ideal for me when you draft a kid in college, and it's not like a new hook where he would have been signed last year, except the abs are abnormally stacked in certain areas. It's you draft him, you want him to go three years. You want him to physically develop. You want it to take time. But you also want it to be so that when he jumps to the pros, it's not two or three years in the AHL. Um, I'm getting word we have a live look at uh, Sampo Ranta this year. Do it! Just do it! <laughs> first, of, first of all, hilarious. <laughs> Second of all, that video is so weird. It is very strange. That's a he's a he's a weird guy though. So it's, you know. part of the oh. part of the ballpark, I guess. Yeah. Hey, Sam Bennett's a healthy scratch today. Uh oh. Uh oh. AJ's eyebrow begins to twitch. Right. <laughs> Sampo Sampo Ranta is hundred percent developed uh, over the last couple of years. My biggest question mark on him draft day was the hockey IQ. He played in straight lines yep. in the USHL. It, it, let's he, be honest; it's still a legitimate question. Like it has not gone away. The physical, the physical development has been great. The development of his game and his confidence has been great. All of these things are encouraging. I, you like all of it. It's all good. But <laughs> he needs to get to the AHL, and he needs he needs and the, the ABS need to give him. A top six job, and he needs to go and figure something out. Yep. The problem, the problem with them slow rolling the Cout and Bowers promotions is that now, Sample Ranta and Alex Newhook and Alex Bocage and There's Sasha Matola in front of these guys, yeah, all going to show up at the same time. Yep. It becomes a becomes a log jam at a certain yeah. point. And you can't just be like, oh, well, this guy should get a top six job in the AHL so that he can develop properly. Because there's four other dudes who are already there where you're like, uh, what are we going to do? So I I think that it's a bit of a concern right now how he gets used going forward and how the abs get the most out of him. But you have to – you look at Sampo Ranta, and for me, if everything in an ideal universe, he's the guy who replaces Andre Burakovsky in two years. Yeah, that's – Instead I mean, of to, giving Burakovsky $7 million, you'll let Sample Rant to take that job. To a T, right? Like, same size, same skating ability, same... Eh, Burakovsky's a fucking elite shooter, but... Yeah, Bur- Burakovsky's a better shooter, but Sample's, Sample's pretty good. Yep. Role style, very, very similar. You probably get a little bit of a simpler game out of Sampo, maybe a little bit more net front work from a guy like that, which isn't the worst thing in the world for a second liner. Yeah, well, and that's the thing that he's done a lot of in at Minnesota is that he's stood in, he's been in front of the net. Yep, 
you know, he's he's done a lot of work in the dirty. And a lot of the goals that he scored the first couple of his first year or two in college were him right around the net. And now he's scoring from all over the place. Yeah, it it's it's so it's so weird. You t- you talked about it, right? Like for most players, development is a very windy road. This year, Sampo Ranta's development has been surprisingly linear. Well, well, when from the moment he was drafted, like this has played out in pretty much the exact fashion that you wanted. Yep. Get a encouraging freshman year. Let him go back for a sophomore year. Step forward in a sophomore year. You're excited about it. We talked about potentially giving him a contract last year. Yep. The Avs contemplated giving him a contract last year. Everybody everybody came to that the, the decision, hey, let's do one more year at Minnesota see if, and we'll see, see if we'll you see can how really do the thing. Yeah. Second in the nation in, in goal scoring, only behind Cole Caulfield, who First arguably round. shouldn't even be in college hockey this yeah, year. Probably should be playing pro. <laughs> so you know, you're you're feeling like this has been this has been as easy a development, like as 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 positive a development as you really could have asked. Yep. It's you it's not very often that a player's progress goes this right. You you have a yeah. path for him and he just walks it. Like Yeah, well and, and the, the amazing part is is think of we're an hour and seventeen minutes into today's yeah, show. Right. How many of these guys have we talked about today where that's the case? Yeah. It's not just a throwaway, well, that's a burn pick. There's like, almost none of that. Like but you Nick Lieberman. Yep. Exactly the same thing. His third year. The third year in the NCAA is so the critical, critical yep. year. That is the that is the big year that you wanna you you almost say this is the year it either happens or it doesn't. Like the big senior year breakout, like what Will Butcher had, is a more of a rarity than it is commonplace. Usually if it's gonna if it if it happens for a guy. It usually ha- if he's it's a higher end guy, yeah. it's it's early. It happens like right away for a guy like cough, Alex cough, Newhook. Alex Newhook. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but for a guy like a guy like Ranta, guys like Lieberman, guys that need the, that time, those middle middle round guys who need to get better and take some time and need to need to grow up physically. The third year is so key, and Ranta has been the ideal model for how this is supposed to go. Now, like coming into the year. Had you told me that he was going to lead the, or he was going to be second in the nation in in goals, I would have been like, okay, I totally believe that. Yeah, it it's within the realm of reality. Yeah, he's got the he's got the physical tools to do any of that. It's can he over can he overcome if he hockey IQ? And and like you have to set guidelines here. Like, look, you're never in a million years bringing Ranta into any hockey team to play defense. It's just you're hoping he gets by for you in that zone, and that's that. Yep. It's part of the package, and you have to just accept that. Yep. So is what it is. I see the chat talking a little bit about Eustace Annan, and yes, he's had a down year, but the ELC is signed there. The, yeah. the plan is always what's he going to do in North America next year? Though? I'm. I honestly have kind of just 
even if he had a great year, I was yeah. going to flush this year. It just year doesn't matter. irrelevant. It's completely irrelevant. He signed his ELC. He's coming across North America next year, no matter what. It's he's he'll be in the second year. That he's going to compete for a job with the Eagles somewhere. I don't know. Maybe he ends up in the ECHL and everybody gives up on him right away and whatever. I don't. I don't know what's going to happen with him. There just isn't a lot to say about Annan's year because it just doesn't. Yep. He's not. He's not playing for anything. Yep. He's already got. He's already got the. The contract secured. He's already got a job lined up in next year with the Eagles. Like this was like the, the this was like his gap year. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> so this, you know, he was he was just European vacation finding himself or whatever this year. It's it's fine. There's just not a lot to say there. Yep. It, we'll start we'll start digging in seriously into Anna next year when he's in North America and his pro career has actually begun. There you go. So, I, final thoughts here, AJ. I mean, we're an hour and 20 minutes in, and that's – look, you and I love talking prospects, but legitimately mm. it's just because there's that much quality in the Avalanche organization right now. Right, and this isn't even this isn't even us being fanboys or anything. It's just that these guys have broken out. Yep. I mean, I didn't think that we would have to talk about Tyler Weiss at all. <laughs> I thought yeah. that the conversation we would have about Tyler Weiss would be like the one we had about Ryder Rolston, where it was like, well, not a lot happened. Yep. And instead, like, just so many guys have taken big steps forward this year. It's been really, really encouraging. And honestly, this was a lost year for Jean-Luc Foudy until the AHL games, and then those have been eye-opening. They might have a serious player there. I I can't stress enough how, like, 18-year-olds in the AHL, first of all, they're just not very common. So the track record is not lengthy, but... So many struggles yeah. for those guys. And he is he rolled in. And granted, this is a much weaker version of the AHL than normal. All the guys that are on the Avs taxi squad that would be with the Eagles be are the also on the taxi squads yeah. for the other guys, too. Yeah. So it's it's a weaker year all around in the AHL. So there is that to consider. But they might have a dude there. I'm I, I think I am more excited that the guys who have improved their stock the most for me in the last, well, this season, I obviously Drew Hellison. Yeah. The, number one. Well, I was the one who was high on Drew Hellison on this podcast. And this year has been like, it has exceeded my expectations significantly. Yeah. Like, <laughs> So Drew Hellison, uh, Sampo Ranta, Colby Ambrosio. Although it's a little weird. I don't know, freshmen and call it like, you just never know what you're going to get there. You get a good year in their freshman year from a fourth round pick and you're feeling good about it, right? Like, keep it simple with that one. The only the only guy out of all these guys that we've talked about, the only guys that would push for NHL jobs next year, if they were to sign, obviously Newhook would push yep. somewhere. Yep. But the only other guy that I could see would be Kovalenko. Agreed. I don't. I don't see how any of these other guys don't need at least one AHL year right now. If they were to sign yeah. going into next year, at least like half an AHL season. Yeah, sure, sure. You can and figure out. You never know what happens, right? Those first thirty or forty games, like dude puts up thirty points in thirty games, and you're like, well, right. like you remember JT Confer's AHL career, yeah. where the first like ten or fifteen games, you're like, oh my god, is he bad? And then he put it all together, and he was he was rock solid. He was scoring two points a night for like ten straight games, and you're like, yeah, okay, it was, well. it was no big deal, and you were just like, okay, cool, we're cool. Like this guy's all right. This guy's ready to rock. Yep. So yeah, it's 
certainly an exciting time if you're not into abs prospects and you're listening to this whole podcast. Props to you. Time to yeah. get into abs prospects at that point. What's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, this was a fun show. We wanted to fit in. Not a ton of off days for the Avs in the immediate future. So yeah, and we get asked about prospects almost every day. True. P.S. Yep. All of these guys except Alex Newhook are potential trade bait. Definitely. Yep. For whatever whatever deal that they make, because we also get asked that all the time. Which yep. guy do you think would be trade bait? The only one off the table is Newhook. So. And the only reason Newhook would be on the table is because Jack Eichel's actually on the block. Oh yeah, okay. If you're gonna get a guy that's gonna play exactly your projected new hook role, you can give yeah. him a new hook at that point, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's uh, on that note, we're gonna get out of here with the Colorado XOs. Rugby Town USA is excited to introduce you to our new rugby venture and team, the Colorado XOs. They're currently one and zero, so they've literally never lost in their entire history at this very moment. Jump on it now before they get their first loss. Say you were there for the undefeated team. Excuse me. They have players coming from backgrounds in football, basketball, baseball, wrestling, soccer, and track and field. All these athletes possess the necessary skills to excel at the game of rugby, and it's a bit of an experiment. Not unlike the Avs. We call the Avs the grand experiment of pure skating. This is the grand rugby experiment of players that are athletically gifted, trying to learn a new sport at a professional level. So jump on it today, placing these former athletes in a full-time rugby training environment. It's a great way to get into the sport. Be sure to check out Colton's 101 pods on the DNVR Rugby podcast. Follow the DNVR Rugby account and join part of the DNVR Rugby family. It's a total blast. Bunch of fun. I still only understand half the rules of rugby, but as one of the crazy people in America that doesn't actually like football. Rugby is legitimately better. So fight me. You won't check out the Colorado XOs today. We're out of here. Thank you everyone for watching, listening. However you consume the podcast, be sure to like, and subscribe to the video does a ton for us over on YouTube. Very much appreciated. We will be back tomorrow post game Friday night. I believe that show will be Evan and I as AJ gets to uh, gets to do the in arena stuff as the Avs start their very long homestand. Other than that, I guess that's it. We'll see all of you guys tomorrow night.